opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is an ACB Community Call, presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Unmute. Welcome, welcome, everyone. A couple of reminders here at the top. We wanted to remind everyone that make sure that uh, we let everyone get their first questions answered. So we'll take second questions after everyone has a chance to get their first questions answered. Also give the same respect to everyone as you would want for yours. So let's try and be kind to everyone and make sure everyone gets their questions answered. Also, wanted to let you know we do have a new email, and that is feedback at unmute.show. So email us there if you have any questions, comments, concerns, any of those things, if you need to get a hold of us. And Michael has a special surprise for you. So, Michael, do you want to discuss your surprise? Yes, I will. You can hear me right, Marty? Just want to make sure. I can hear you. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Are you sure it's me, though? That's the true question. From what I understand, I hear I have a stunt double. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah well so i'm gonna play something in here in a few minutes that uh i had a little bit of fun creating and uh i'll explain that but before we get into that i do want to recap what has been published to the unmute presents podcast feed if you haven't heard that go subscribe to the unmute presents podcast feed as you know we're live every tuesday at 10 a.m pacific time that's 1 p.m eastern and these calls are shortly turned around into a podcast form replay. Uh, Sundays, we publish something where we can teach you how to do something. So I do some work for the Whole Foundation and Learning Center. And on Sunday, I published a blog post using LaunchBar and Text Expander. And if none of those make any sense to you, feel free to check it out because then you can bring your questions to our live calls on Tuesdays. And then lastly, on Thursday, I was chatting with a friend and a co-host and and general all-around good guy, Demasi, and we talked about the state of social media, at least how we see it in 2023. And again, that is available on the Unmute Presents podcast feed. So if you spent any time on social media, or if you've read anything in the technology news, especially in the blindness-related uh, arena, you may have heard of a tool called Eleven Labs. And Eleven Labs is a tool that allows you to generate AI-based voices with scripts uh, or with text that you give it. So these voices have are, they're very high quality by default, and they allow you to um, hear the innovations in where voice technology is going. Right now, the system works on a give us text and we'll give you audio back. And you can, if you are a programmer or developer, use the API in order to send text into this tool and get text back or audio back and uh, process that if that's something you want. One of the awesome things about Eleven Labs is if you are a paying customer, attribution is not required in order to be given to uh, Eleven Labs, which means you don't have to tell uh, people where you got the voices 
is, but that's also creepy as well. Because one of the other things you can do with Eleven Labs is create your own voice that is a computer-generated voice. And you'll hear a demo of that in the end. I sent it some audio, which kind of butchered my voice. And if you're listening to it, you'll hear that here in a second. Slightly more higher pitch and uh, not quite the voice that I like. But that's what happens when you mix my voice and the blind shell voice together and tell it to make a voice. So that's what our voices would sound like if they were together. So I'll play this three-minute audio for you real quick. And then after that, I'll give you an updated version of my voice so you can hear what it sounds like when you just send it my voice uh, directly. So with that, I'm going to mute and here you go. Welcome everyone to Unmute Presence. I'm Marty Standin, a temporary AI voice, and I'm here to let you know when you can listen to us live. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, Michael Standin and his co-host will be here to bring you the latest and greatest in technology. Hi there, I'm Michael Standin, your host, and I'm excited to be here today. Let's dive into the world of tech together. Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the ACB community. They play a huge role in making this show possible. From connecting on Clubhouse to hosting on Zoom, moderating and streaming on ACB Media 5. Absolutely. The ACB community is fantastic. They're dedicated to making tech more accessible and understandable for everyone. Thanks, ACB community. And with that, let's hand it over to Michael Standin and his co-host. Thanks for tuning in to Unmute Presence. Thanks, Marty Standin. And thank you listeners for joining us today. My co-host and I are ready to answer your questions and explore the exciting world of technology. Marty and Michael, the hosts of the Unmute Presence podcast, were two individuals who shared a passion for technology. They had met through ACB of Oregon and decided to start a podcast to share their love of tech with others. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, Marty and Michael host a live podcast. Their well-prepared discussions and contagious excitement for their subject matter make for an engaging show. And finally, here is Michael's voice that was generated with the same tool that generated all of these voices. This is with a single five-minute sample. I'll follow up on Unmute in the future to see if adding more voice samples improves the voice. Tune in live at acb.community or download the Unmute Presents podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And as you can hear, that is that is astounding. Um, I'm going to go real quick and give you guys one more quick sample because what I did is I fixed that voice. So that way, it actually is kind of how my voice should sound better when I gave it the actual data that it needed. Don't forget to get your hands up because we will take those here in a moment. But I'm going to stop talking, wait about a second, and then let you hear a synthesized version of my voice saying a line that I forgot to put into a podcast demo. Before that, though, quick reminder. If you nudge items over in Reaper to deal with them later, don't forget you need to nudge them back. And that is my quick demonstration. What do you think, Marty? You haven't heard these before. No, it's pretty awesome. It's nice to know that if I uh, don't get the answer right, I can summons my step in, stun in, whatever. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that was the quick demonstration I had. Wanted to show those voices to people, especially if you hear about them. It'll be interesting where voice technology goes in 2023 and just add another level of complexity to the AI jungle, jungle that we have, that found, we have found ourselves, ourselves into. into. Uh, you're, doubling. You're, you're doubling. Yeah. I'm going to go on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, do All we right, have any Sheila, let's go. <laughs> Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, bro, Armstrong. <laughs> Hi, just making sure you can hear me. 
Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. All right. So my problem is with Zoom on the iPhone. Let me tell you my situation. So I use Zoom in my job every day on my PC. No problem. I use Zoom in ECB community. I use it all the time. No problem. But Mm -hmm. every once in a while, my paratransit is late or something, and I'm stuck having to attend a work meeting on my iPhone in Zoom. And that's where these problems happen. I know a lot of blind people use Zoom on their iPhone, so I'm trying to figure out why I'm having all these issues. Um, The biggest issue I have is that the iPhone switches over to speaker, even if I'm hooked up to a Bluetooth device when the meeting starts. And then if I accidentally... Um, shuffle the iPhone around. I touch that proximity sensor and it gets really, really quiet and I can't hear voiceover. So I can't find the unmute button. How do I, A, turn off the proximity sensor so it won't keep triggering, especially when I'm riding a bus and I'm trying to hold my phone and do stuff? And B, how do I get Bluetooth to stay connected? So let's start with the proximity. Are you talking about your phone rotates the screen all the time as the phone turns and all that? Uh, no, I have that in. I have that in the uh, the orientation set to fix to four. Okay. okay, so that's not a problem. Okay. Um, so what, what you're going to have to elaborate a little bit on the proximity. I can help or, with that, Marty. Go ahead, I Michael. So yeah, uh, Marty, the proximity sensor is that sensor at the top of the phone that when you put your phone up to your ear, it takes it off of speaker. And then when you remove oh, it from gotcha. your ear, that's the sensor that tells it to put it onto speakerphone. Gotcha. Um, to answer you, first of all, are you using like AirPods or just, just general Bluetooth headphones? I'm actually using MFI hearing aids. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I, I will, I have not paid that much attention to it because I thought at least with AirPods and of course that, that is different for M could be different for MFI uh, mm-hmm. hearing aids. When I connect to a zoom, it does offer me the ability to, or it just automatically stays on my Bluetooth. Um, I wonder if you tap on the audio output button, uh, which I believe is towards the top. Can you switch back to the hearing aids? Do you know? Um, well, the problem is it ends up on speaker and I'm trying mm. to find the audio output button. And that's when I hit the stupid proximity yeah. sensor. Oh, if I could just turn that proximity sensor off, then, and then it gets really, really quiet and I cannot hear voiceover to find anybody. So well, the interesting thing is, uh, <laughs> once you have, usually once you have earbuds or a headset hooked up, you shouldn't, uh, go to speakerphone. So that's an odd thing. Um, not um, a problem if I have wired earbuds, but when I'm riding a bus or something, it's really awkward. I want to throw the thing in my pocket and not worry about it. There is a setting, and I'm trying to find it, um, that would allow you. It's not ideal, but I wonder if you disable the automatic speakerphone, if that's only for phone calls or if that would work for Zoom as well. I could certainly try it. I don't know why Zoom even uses the proximity sensor. It's not a phone program. Clubhouse doesn't. Right. Right, but Zoom also shows up in your call kit, so I think it's because mm. they're using call kit in your call history, and I think that's mm. why it can use that proximity sensor. Mm. Um, so yeah, give that a try, and I will look for the setting uh, while we go through some other hands. So you, if you hang out, uh, we will get, share that with you, or it'll be on the podcast just so you know I exactly what it is. And I will try that. And hang out. Thank you so much. I'm back on mute. No problem. Thanks a lot. Who is next? Jewel. Hey, Jewel. Hey. Um. First, I want to say that last voice actually did sound pretty decent for you. Um, it, I think it needs to go a little deeper, but I think otherwise it sounds like you. 
Um, and, and it needs to speed up a little bit. The cadence is a little bit yeah, off. I found that out. Yeah, while I was the cadence was off a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it just needs some more tweaking. Yeah. I think that would be really cool though. Um, especially if you forget some, something in the podcast and just want to throw something in, you know, last minute, be a quick way to edit it in. Uh-huh. Um, so for the the lady who's just spoke, I did not catch her name. I apologize. Um, I do know, um, I don't know about the Bluetooth issue. I've never had that issue. But for the proximity sensor, I do know that if you go into accessibility settings, there's a raise to speak thing. And if you turn that off, it should, I think that will prevent it from switching back and forth. I'm not certain, but that would be something you could look around in the accessibility settings. There should be a raise to speak. And there's also a um, switch to speaker when I, you know, it has a thing where it switches the speaker as soon as you pull it away from your ear. Um, If you play around with those, that might help. Do note, if you are not trying to actually manipulate the screen, like not tapping on or anything, if you have it on speaker and then you lock the phone, the proximity sensor no longer um, is um, going to affect it at all. And you can even put the phone in your pocket while it's on speaker and it won't affect the um, sound. So you can listen to it um, with it locked and it won't affect. It won't be affected by the proximity sensor. But if you're actually trying to like unmute and stuff, that won't work. So that's what I have on that. Um, I did have a question, however. I was wondering if you had a chance to look into um, non-English language. We were talking about that with the Braille display. Do you remember that, Michael? It helps if I unmute multiple places. I do remember oh, that. Yeah. I did a little bit of looking into it, mm-hmm. um, and and I was not able to to get a substantial yeah. answer for you, Jewel. Okay. Um, but I I appreciate you reaching out with that. That is a, yeah. a question. I was wondering if maybe there's a way to do a shortcut that would automatically switch it. So like I could do like a like a keyboard command that would switch it back and forth, or like a Braille right. display command that would do it. I'm going to keep that, looking into that, but yeah, I appreciate yeah, I any help. Those two gestures because you could, you may be able to find something under the gestures, or uh, you're right with shortcuts, which Darcy's yeah. doing a great call on those on Monday. So definitely, right, which is what gave me that idea. Yeah, because <laughs> he's been talking about that, and it's like, huh, maybe I could use that. So that's what I had, and I'll just keep looking, and I appreciate your assistance continuing to look on that. No I problem. I am loving Japanese, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Joel. Thank appreciate you. it. Who do we have next, Sheila? Yeah. Uh, we have, oh, oh Beth, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was gonna ask you um, about um, yeah, that was good. The voices on um, about social media. I have, um, I do have a Windows question on my uh, computer. I have Amazon <clears throat> Music, but I can only use it on my iPhone. So Amazon Mobile. But how do I get it off my computer? Because when I go to like Microsoft Word, it it um, is kind of a pain because it says Amazon Music and then it opens Amazon Music when I don't want it to. So you want to know how to remove Amazon Music from your Windows computer? Right. Correct? Yeah. Yep. So um, if you email me, I can give you the step-by-step directions. I think I've sent those to you, Beth. Uh, but you would start under Windows I for settings, and then you would tab to the tree view and find uh, Atom Remove 
uh, software, I believe is the wording, or again, okay. email me and I'll give you the exact wording. And then that'll bring a list up of all of your applications. When you down arrow through that list, you'll hear Amazon Music and you press enter on that to select it. And then you tab to remove and press enter and then follow the okay. prompts to continue to remove that software from your Windows computer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't get, if you did send it, I didn't get it. So. Oh, this was, this was months ago and it may have been someone else, but if you send me a email to feedback at unmute.show, then uh, I will reply. I'll find those directions and send them over to you. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. We had um, Alan here in clubhouse. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Oh, good. I'm active. Um, I just wanted to mention um, I had a similar issue with the proximity sensor, the proximity sensor show. Uh, no, um, I I had activated Siri and then hit the button and deactivated it. And that restored my proximity to um, speakerphone. Oh, very good. Thank oh, you. Cool. That's a good thing to know. Thanks. We also have Meryl. Go ahead, Meryl. Meryl, you're muted. Okay, you can come back to us. Okay. Judy. Hi, guys. Um, hey, Judy. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. Um, so I would like to ask both of you something about what seems to be the age-old controversy of at what percentage do you charge your iPhone and at what percentage do you stop? I mean, I could read five different articles and talk to five different people and I would get <laughs> 10 different opinions. So what do you guys think? Because I have my own habits based on what I've read, but I just want to know what you guys think. Um, I would say basically somewhere between 10 and 20% when it gives you the alert and it starts bugging you to go into you know uh, safety mode where it kind of turns everything off except exact absolutely what it needs uh, if you could plug it in at that point otherwise i would say use it until you get down to that point and then you know plug it in and even if you aren't by a plug you still could say no to turning that setting off and i would say just make sure that you plug it in before it dies completely because uh, right. that that can be not very good so when you get that low just look at the Look at the um, battery that you have. And if you don't have percentage turned on, you can turn that on so it actually shows you. When you're mm-hmm. starting to get to 2 3%, then plug it in so it doesn't die all the way to nothing. And do you feel to charge it to 100%? Because that's actually much lower than what I have heard from other people is to let it go that low. And do, do you feel to charge it to 100%? Because I, I find that when I do charge it, when it gets into the 90s, it charges much slower. So do you personally feel to charge it all the way? Um, Well, there's actually a smart charging feature built in now. And what it does is it it charges it up to 80% and it learns your pattern. So say like you go to bed every night at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, and then you wake up at say, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. When you plug your phone in at 10 o'clock at night, it's going to charge it right away, all the way up to 80%, and then it's going to stop. And then it's going to know, oh, you're getting up in, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then it will charge it up the rest of the way. So um, that way it doesn't burn out the battery, because if you just plug it in and you leave it plugged in all the time and there isn't a safety thing, mm-hmm. that kills the battery actually faster. Right, right. So okay. that's what I do. I just leave it. Yeah. 
All right. So, Michael, what 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 are your thoughts? I am horrible about battery and thankful that I have this wireless charging pad next to me because you asked about battery. <laughs> I said, hey, what's my battery? Because I forgot to charge my phone last night and I got 15%. So, honestly, I try to get it between that 20 and 10% because you get those two notifications and then I try to get it on the charger. Uh, similarly, with my watch, when I get that 10% notification, that tells me I need to go put that on the charger. And then for the most part, I just rely on Apple smart technology to uh, keep the battery health at its optimum uh, performance. Um, and I take it off. And when I take it off in the mornings, it is always 100% because it did slowly uh, charge that from about 2 p.m. until or 2 a.m. until I get up. So that's my right. Opinion. Yeah, I got you. See, I don't charge my phone overnight. I, I plug it in first thing in the morning. Um, ah. And yeah, so my habits are very different than than you yep. guys. So, uh, OK. All right. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate it. It's, it's just it, I just find it so interesting that so many people have so many different charging habits. And I know back in the day, they told you let it go to zero which i know is not a thing anymore and there are people that still do that so uh, i was just well they've made a lot of updates within the software to allow the battery to do different things one thing i will say is a lot of times say like you know you're going somewhere and you want to get a full charge before you leave and you plug your phone in and you're say like it 95 percent already it won't charge it'll just stop at that point because it'll think you won't need really to be charged so gotcha Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Bill. Yes. Uh, Meryl, are you able to unmute now? Yes. There you are. (laughs) Hey, Meryl. How you doing? I am so excited to be in Clubhouse for the first time on this call. I've been figuring it out. Marty and Michael and Bill and Sheila. Um, So I have a Clubhouse question. my question is, um, before a call starts, you know how on Zoom you can unmute and talk to people. Is there any way in Clubhouse before a call starts that you can do that or not? There is not. So Clubhouse, oh, I okay. tell people to look at Clubhouse a lot like the way that webinar works. And, and oh, I've okay. heard other people in community say that same thing. So you're in the audience until you raise your hand, and then the Clubhouse okay. moderator brings you on stage, which is the same thing as giving the ability to uh, unmute. And then when you're done talking, Bell can move you back to the audience, or you can move yourself back to the audience. And then that unmute button in the bottom right-hand corner will no uh-huh. longer be available. It'll turn back into the raise hand. So how how do I move myself back to the audience? If you tap on your name uh, when you're on, in the on stage, if you tap on your mm-hmm. name, then towards the bottom of the screen will be an option that says move to audience. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. How you doing? Hey, this is my first time being here. And Welcome. I just, uh, I just wanted to compliment you guys. Okay. so. My question is this, is there a keyboard shortcut for creating shortcuts? Because you know how you can create a folder by hitting control shift N for a new folder. Do you know if there's any shortcut for creating a keyboard shortcut or, or, or creating a shortcut for the desktop or for like a web page or something like that? So I don't. I'm not sure I'm understanding your question. Are you Marty? It sounds, are you trying to, you want to know if you, there's a short okay. a keyboard shortcut to open shortcuts or what exactly are you trying to do? Okay. Let me be more specific then. Um, normally when you want to create a shortcut for a web page or something like that, you hit the applications key then the letter W for, to get into the submenu and then folder and then S for create shortcut. 
what I want to know is instead of having to go through all that, is there a shortcut to go directly to create a shortcut? Gotcha. Gotcha. So this okay. is, is, I'm sorry, uh, Marty and I were slightly confused and, and that's why we asked to clarify because we thought you were talking about like, I kind of figured, I kind of figured, I kind of figured that's why you asked to clarify. <laughs> yeah. So, so by default there, to the best of my knowledge, there's not the process you're going through is the fastest way. Now, it, depending on your computer skills and, and how much you want to get into it on windows, there's a tool called auto hotkey, which will allow you to automate some of that, but you would mm. need to script that out. But by default, that is the fastest fastest way to create a shortcut on windows okay thank you so much no problem that. thanks for your question appreciate it no problem yeah clubhouse. Oh. okay go ahead bill sorry it's all right okay so i guess it's okay for me to go <laughs> this go is Debbie. um so i have a question that is more of just an advice advice question and again, I know I realize these are your opinions, you know, and so that's no problem. It's all it's all fine. Yeah, but I I am looking very seriously at changing back to the Mac side of things. I am a retired person. I don't need to use Windows, you know, for any kind of work things. And I have had a Mac before several years ago and loved my Mac. But actually, when I um, started joining the community and wanted to become a host back when I started, you had to host on a PC. That has changed, thankfully. And so I really am thinking about going back to the Mac side, but um, I'm a little confused with everything coming out, what I should buy. And I've thought about a Mac Mini. Um I do have a monitor that I bought. I believe it's a Dell monitor that I bought that goes with my Windows computer. And I'm assuming that if I bought a mini, I could plug that same monitor into my mini and, and use it that way. It's a USB monitor. But I, I'm not sure because I also know of a couple of people who have iMac desktops. And that's what I originally had. And I, I really enjoyed that. But I'm wondering if you think there are advantages or disadvantages to doing a Mac Mini. I know I'd have to get a separate keyboard, and I'm not sure what else I might have to get. Okay. Well, so first of all, let me ask you, are you more comfortable on a laptop or are you more comfortable on a desktop? Honestly, I think I'm more comfortable on a desktop. However, um, with my Windows computer, I have... um, I have a Mantis Q40 and I, I use that as my keyboard all the time. So Okay, so yeah. here are a couple of options. So if you want to go strictly desktop and um, you're not concerned about having a laptop at all, uh, right now I would say, especially for the money, the Mac Mini is the way to go. Um, they have actually now they're into the second generation of the processors, which is called M2. They were at M1 and they're ridiculously Mm -hmm. fast, so much power. You'll never, you know, utilize all of the power. So knowing that the only other thing from there is you would need to decide whether you want to have more hard drive space or not, or whether you want to have also more Ram out of the box. It comes with, if you don't do any updates at all to it and you just buy it straight out of the box at the base level, you're getting uh, the M2 processor, 256 gigs of Ram on the hard drive and eight gigs of Ram 
if you wanted to update those, you could boost the hard drive, you know, 512, one terabyte to whatever you think you need. Mm-hmm. And then you can bump the RAM up to 16 gigs. You do need to get a monitor, but as long as you get HDMI, you can plug it in. The Mac Mini has HDMI. So you can plug an HDMI monitor into the Mac Mini, and then you can use whatever mouse or keyboard you have as long as it's actually like a Mac layout. You, you know, it'd be hard to do it with a Windows one just because the keys are a little bit different. You could do it, but I would recommend getting one that's for the Mac. Um, and right. really but like... I other than, man- I'm sorry. Hmm? I, have a Mantis, I have a Mantis Q40. So, it's, um, so I think it's supposed to work with Mac OS, right? I believe so. I mean, you have USB-C on the Mac Mini also and Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have all the ports on there. The Mac Mini is definitely going to give you more ports than the other desktop, which is an iMac. You only get either two or four ports on on that one. Uh, I really mm-hmm. would recommend going with a Mac Mini. And they're more expensive too, right? The iMacs and the yes. Mac Minis. Yeah, definitely. They're more expensive. You could, so, yeah, I think you're five ninety nine at the entry level Mac Mini yep. with the M2. Yeah. So my wife is moving, and uh, I'll just recap this because I see we have a few hands in Zoom too. My wife is moving to a new office, and I'm helping her and the her new manager with computer upgrades and stuff. And we looked at the iMac, and then we looked at the Mac Mini, and we decided on the Mac Mini because you have the flexibility of getting different size screens if you wanted, if that's important for you. Whereas the iMac comes in the sizes that they make it available, and then you can also get into that Mac Mini, as Marty said, for five ninety nine which is a lot cheaper than $13.99 or $11.99 as well. Um, Michael, for some reason, um, uh, for uh, several seconds there, you totally cut out. <laughs> so oh, it was probably my internet. Can you hear me now, though? Yep. Yes, I sure can. Yeah. Yeah, so recap, we ended up getting the Mac Mini because it was a lot cheaper than the iMac and gave her more flexibility, and it has the M2 processor versus the M1. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, um, if if I want more hard drive space, will that go right on the Mac Mini? It's not like I'll have to have another external hard drive, right? right. Well, if you want to update the internal hard drive, then you could do that. Um, and they have a lot of options. So if you wanted to bump up once, it would be the 512, and then you go to a terabyte, and then it goes two terabytes or whatever up you want to go. It'll get pretty expensive. I probably would never have enough for a terabyte, but no, uh, I mean, if I was you, I would, if you need more hard drive space, I would stick with either five twelve or one terabyte internally, and then get yourself an external hard drive. If you want to have more hard drive space than that, it'll be a lot more cost effective for you. And it's good to have an external hard drive for backup. Yeah. I, I was mainly, um, concerned to, okay. So I would be getting the, um, the upgrade to the um, hard drive and also the the RAM. Um, eight eight gigabytes sounds sounds too small to me. I mean, or slow or whatever you would say. It's wouldn't sixteen it, be better? I mean, if you want to grow into it, sixteen would be okay. But with the M two processor and eight gigs of RAM, if all you're going to be doing is day to day stuff and doing Zoom and doing all like word processing, listening to music, browsing the web, all those kinds of things, it's more yeah. power than you'll ever need. I yeah. mean, these M processors are so powerful; it's ridiculous. I mean, and, you'll won't believe how fast it is. And we're going to go oh, into another true. hand here in a second okay, because thanks. we have 
eight minutes or we have eight hands up uh but i will close up real quick and let you know that the uh the m1 with eight gigabytes of ram laptop is what i'm on and that's that's plenty uh speed for me okay thanks so much yep good luck thanks all right we ready yep all right deb cook lewis Uh uh-oh here comes (laughs) trouble (laughs) yeah yeah it's it was not to it was not wanting to unmute. I'm not sure what was quite going well, on. Well, you're here. here to unmute, Deb. I know, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> so, uh, great, great, uh, great program and uh, very much enjoying it. And uh, I have always got a million questions. So, um, today, um, the, it's uh, questions about my new Mac Mini. And I kind of went through the same sort of discussion a while ago that Desi did, which was, well, I certainly have a Windows computer, but I have a lot of issues with it and I'm not working anymore and I can do what I want. And so maybe I'll go back to my Mac. So I bought an M2 um, MacBook Air and I really, really love it. And it is blazing fast. However, um, what I wanted to just ask about... um, I had an amazing experience, which had a happy ending, but only because I had a lot of uh, uh, intervention from people who I knew. Um, and basically, it was that um, after the last um, update on the Mac, um, Microsoft Office went berserk. And when I tried to open up a document or a spreadsheet in Excel, it would try to open up everything on my hard drive, whether it was an Excel file or not. And so, of course, it would crash, you know, in seconds. So um, um, I, after a long time of trying to work through this with Microsoft, which has a commitment to um, the Mac, but not much to put behind it, um, we uh, finally got it resolved by uninstalling Office. And uninstalling Office is a big deal. Um, I'd be happy to talk about that sometime because it's not exactly easy. Um, and that made me think it's also not exactly easy to uninstall other apps that you get from places other than the Mac app store, which is where really most of my apps have come from other places. And I'm sure that in time I'll have other apps that are as hard to uninstall as office. While I was researching what all needed to be removed from my PC besides the apps to make this uninstall real, Um, I read about a lot of tools that could do this for you that, you know, would would uninstall whatever they were asked to uninstall and do them correctly. And the example that they gave was all the things you need to uninstall Office um, and do. And that's actually how I figured out how to get it done, as a matter of fact, was reading their instruction. And so my question then, ultimately, I, I got that done. I reinstalled it. By the time I actually had it fully uninstalled and reinstalled correctly, um, Office uh, Excel does work again. But my actual question is, are there, I, I wasn't afraid to download any of these apps. Most of them are shareware and sort of things, and there's nothing wrong with shareware. And uh, but But I didn't know... Uh, about these or whether they're safe or, you know, all that crap. So um, you don't need to make it worse for yourself than it already is. So my question basically is, is there um, a reliable app that you can install and that is safe that would allow you to 
uh, do this, you know, now you do end up having to give them some permissions and things because, yep. you know, yeah. that's, but I, and I'm okay with that if they're safe in the first well, place. I mean, here, you know. here, here's your answer. Clean yeah. my Mac X. It okay. comes from the app store. The developers okay. are super awesome. They've been making this app for, for uh -huh. years and years. And not only does it remove apps, it does it in the right way, but it also has a yeah. whole tool set to keep oh, your okay. macro up and running the right way. So you can, you know, get mm -hmm. rid of the junk on there. You yeah. can make sure your hard drive is optimized. It does it all. It oh, is great. cost a little bit. I want to say. Oh, I'm fine to pay. I, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm fine to pay for it. I just want it to be reliable and actually do it because I could have saved myself hours and hours if I had yep. had. And, you know, I did figure that out. And if somebody needs to walk through it manually, I can walk through it again. <laughs> you know, so, I yeah. mean, but 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 that's hard. And and because the first couple of times I didn't get them all, it mm -hmm. didn't solve the problem. And so I was doing the right thing, but not in the right way. And so that's why I wanted to ask the question. Clean my Mac X is your friend. And, all right. And I do want to jump in real quick. And I just messaged you a link to it, Deb, okay. uh, just yeah. so you know, uh, not to clean my Mac, but I use another tool. I, I use clean my Mac to go in and clean stuff up, stuff up after I've removed it and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I bought a tool called Hazel, which is one of the biggest reasons why I moved back to the Mac. And that will do some file organization for you. Oh, based I on remember rules. that. So, yeah. Example, if I down, if a file goes to my downloads that starts mm -hmm. with 20 and it has the words unmute, it automatically moves and it's an MP3 file. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. automatically moves it to the shared folder that I have with Rick. So oh, you can get it published. And I don't right. Have to do that. One right. of the added features of Hazel in the preferences is to clean up apps on uninstall. So when you delete an app in your applications folder, it will mm -hmm. prompt and say, do you want to delete all these related uh, uh, files to completely remove it? So I okay. delete apps. I choose yes on that option. And then I, as Marty said, clean my Mac X is a great go behind mm -hmm. and see what may have gotten missed, if anything, and keep mm -hmm. my Mac optimized. Yeah. Yeah. Is Hazel in the App Store? It's not, right? Isn't no, it, it from is somewhere else? Yeah. No, yeah. Because I have no problem about, about going somewhere else. That's... Hazel with Mac. Now, yeah, yeah. I'll, Deb, I'll give you one other kind of little um, trick that you may want to think about doing is mm -hmm. there is an app called SetApp, and it's the same country, the same company that makes Clean My Mac X. So it's 15 <laughs> bucks a month, but you get Clean My Mac X and like 200 other utilities and apps. And I mean, it's got everything in there. So mm -hmm. you will mm -hmm. get a ton of tools in there. It's really pretty awesome. I use it and it, it has an incredible amount of stuff in there to do pretty much anything you want. So And what's that called again? What's that one called? SetApp. And I'll send Set. you a link to that too okay all right oh thank you so much yeah because that that was just a real nightmare i was like well i may be going back to windows after all but <laughs> yeah. no i persevered and we're good but um great that's and which, which that. mac mini do you have i have the um i know it's not the mac mini it's the um it's the air oh nice okay yeah i have the air Awesome. Yeah, I wanted the, I wanted the portability. I and by the way, let's say I think it was Desi was asking was talking about the um, Mantis. You can use the Mantis with the with the Mac. The difficulty, um, it, which is about user, the difficulty with using the Mantis with the Mac is it doesn't switch over the keys thoroughly well. Uh, so if you have been using it in Windows, um, there it that causes a learning curve. So my recommendation would be uh, sort of take a break between the two for a day or two and then reprogram your brain so that you can use it on the Mac. 
um, correctly because it does not always um, switch itself for the keyboard, the keyboard layout changes. Awesome. Well, mm -hmm. thanks, Deb. Yeah. Thank you Good so much. Good catching up. We'll see you All soon. Right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Sharon. Hey, Sharon. How's it going? Hi, everyone. Hello. Um, I, have a, I have a quick niggly Siri question and then a Windows question. The, the Siri one is, uh, I hate the new um, chimes on the Siri um, because I find them very difficult to hear when I'm outside or in a car and I want to text somebody. Where do I send feedback to express my displeasure <laughs> to Apple? There's a feedback page. I don't remember what the link is. Do you remember, Michael, what it's called, the feedback page for sending? I do not off the top of my head, no. But I can look that up. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll mess around. Just go to apple.com. Yep. Because it's not an accessibility issue, really. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. The other thing is, um, I am in Windows 10, and convince me why I should go to 11. <laughs> <laughs> Better voices in Narrator if you're a user of Narrator at all. A little bit, yeah. Um, so a lot more human-sounding voices. In addition, I I think having an experience with Windows 11 now is better than being forced to because your Windows 10 is being uh, like uh, Windows 10 support is being canceled or something. Like it's best to to make that decision on your own terms versus waiting until Microsoft makes you. And well, lastly, okay. it's fairly stable. I wouldn't have any problems with it uh, with Windows 11. Just real quick, apple.com slash feedback will get you to that form. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. I'm really enjoying this and I love the podcast. That's great. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> veteran Doc. Hey, Veteran. Well, good morning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started having trouble with uh, PDF files. Uh, you know, when I when I would go on and, and open it, it would say to activate press space bar, and then it hit enter again, and it would give me an option of read top to bottom or left to right, which I accepted. But now. The only options that I get are to read the exposed document, the whole document, or not read it at all. And when I try to copy and put it in a Word page, a Word document, instead of going two pages, it's going like nine or ten pages. Do you know any way that I can extract the PDF file and get back to that top to bottom, left to right option? Are you a JAWS or NVDA user? Say again. Are you a JAWS or NVDA user? Uh, JAWS, and I'm using Windows 11. Everything okay. is up to date on JAWS 23 and Office so, 19. Gotcha. So here's what I would do. Um, if you find the PDF file in your Windows Explorer, so wherever you find the PDF file, press Shift plus F10. So hold the Shift key and tap the F10 key at the same time. Yep. Uh, that's the same thing as pressing your Applications key. And yep. then there's an option that says OCR with JAWS. And you can choose that, and that will allow you to OCR with JAWS and and read the file up and down uh, with your up and down arrow keys and your left and right arrow keys. In newer versions of JAWS, there is also a second option in that context menu that allows you to OCR to Word, which means what it will do is grab all the text out of that PDF file and put it in a Microsoft Word document for you to navigate and manipulate. 
Okay, and that's in the uh, in that application menu. Yep. Shift yeah, F10 or press your applications key because I use the yep. Zoom Text keyboard. Good. Yep. So just press your applications key, and you should see those options. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. Yep. Good luck. Take care. Uh, and stay well. Yep. Thank you. You too. We're running a little short on time, so let's try and see if we can knock out as many hands as possible. Bell. Go ahead, Bell. We don't have anyone currently. Oh, okay. Diane Scalzi. Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. Um, I am eventually going to be acquiring my husband's old... I'm going to turn off this speech. Um, <laughs> I am eventually going to be acquiring my husband's old Mac Mini because he's buying a new one. I want, I have a new, quite a new Windows computer, and I don't want to get rid of it. Um, but I do want to learn the Mac. So I figured that I could use his old computer, you know, enough to learn the Mac. Um, I'm wondering if it's possible to, I don't think it, I, I think I know the answer to this, but um, can you share components in any way between a Mac computer and a Windows computer. What do you like, mean by components? Like a mouse and a keyboard? Like, like maybe a, yeah, a keyboard possibly or a um, monitor. Yeah, monitor, oh. as long as it's HDMI and the Mac Mini has HDMI, you could plug it in. That's not an issue. And then for keyboard mouse, I mean, a mouse could be plug it in regular USB if you have that. Or if the mouse is Bluetooth, you just hook it up in the settings and you pair it through Bluetooth. And then the keyboard, you could hook up uh, your keyboard same way, either USB or Bluetooth. If it's not actually a Mac keyboard, it might be a little confusing only because the buttons and the way you do shortcuts and stuff, it's a little bit different, um, but you could do it. Or, or, or um, <clears throat> like an external, I guess the Mac you need, if you want a disk drive, um, you have to get an external one, as I understand it. Um, Correct. So, all right. So, um, okay. But I, if I was, say, going to change the monitor, I would have to actually unplug the monitor from my Windows computer and plug it into the Mac Mini. There's no, no. way to have both of them plugged in at the same time. Actually, that isn't true. What you could do oh. if, you're, if your monitor has two HDMI ports on it, you can run one to your com Windows computer, which you have right now. You can run the second HDMI port to your Mac Mini. And what I would say to do is turn off, like shut down your Windows computer, and then boot up the Mac computer, and it will use that same monitor. You can't have them both on at the same time, so you uh, need to shut one completely off. But as long as you have more than one HDMI port on your monitor, plug one into the Windows, one into the Mac, and whichever one you want to use, you need to make sure the opposite one is shut completely off. And then when you boot up the other one, then it'll work just fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, trying to figure out how I'm gonna set everything up once I get his computer. So yeah. all right. Well, thanks for that. All right. Good luck. Yep. Scott. Hey, Scott. All right. Uh, back to the uh, the gentleman's question about hotkeys for shortcuts. You know, the, he was, I think he was, yeah, he was asking about the hotkey to go in and make and create a shortcut. I don't, yes. you know, to my knowledge, there wasn't one, but there is the, there is the uh, alt enter. If you, if you're pointing to a, a desktop icon, you can do alt enter and go into its properties and, create a shortcut key for that desktop yes. icon if you have that just make sure 
he might just make sure he was aware of that if he wasn't. Thank you, Scott, because I, I do sometimes forget about that. So just to recap, if you have a shortcut on your desktop, you can highlight it with your arrow keys, press Alt-Enter to take you to the properties, and then tab to add shortcut key, and then press the shortcut that you want to automatically open that without you having to go to your desktop and then press Enter on the shortcut. Yes, exactly. Oh, and one more thing you mentioned, Hazel. I guess that, I guess yep. that gives you a reason to sing the song hooray for hazel <laughs> but only on the mac <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you Thanks, Scott. Scott. appreciate it all right you guys have got 10 minutes <laughs> all right herbie go ahead herbie herbie all right. not find we can come back to him. count hey, hey. Um, uh, two quick questions what number one what's the difference between um a MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro. I know one of them is price, but does the Pro have more ports on the computer? Yeah, yeah so the uh, MacBook comes in a 13-inch display, and then the MacBook Pro comes in 14 and 16-inch displays, and the MacBook Pros have more ports on them. So less reason to have to get a dongle or anything like that to plug in extra accessories. Yeah. Okay. And for my iPhone, if I'm, I'm at, I think I'm at 90, 97% of my original battery power. When should I go get a new battery? Uh, I wouldn't really worry about it until you just, your phones had just not really charging up anymore. If the you charge it up and then it only lasts like 30 minutes or 40 minutes and it starts dying really fast, then that's when you worry about it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Good luck. Thanks. Herbie, can you get unmuted? Okay. Let's try this. All right. Now we can hear you, Herbie. Okay. So I'm having a virtual device problem. Um... So I've got some tough questions for you. So first of all, um, one thing I will mention with the Mac Mini is you can bypass the monitor by not actually having one. You can just have something plugged into the monitor port, one of those uh, plug things. So that's my understanding as a workaround. Um, so, but Desi had mentioned a USB-C monitor, so that would not bypass the monitor at startup, would it? No. Okay, now for some real tough questions. Um, Tweezcake on the Mac. Now, I do realize that it's not as developed as the Windows one, but one of my questions actually involves both. One, is there a way to bring up the actual uh, federated timeline on the Mac? Because it shows up on the Windows side, but does not on the Mac side from Mastodon. Not that I have found. Okay. Um, and two, is there a way, like, a lot of times both uh, posts are boosted from other sources, and I want to be able to focus on the other source and be able to follow them. And on either platform, I've not really found a way to do this. I can do Control-L or Command-L to bring up the followers, and I can arrow down to, like, the secondary source, but it doesn't seem to focus on them. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, honestly, what I've been doing is I've been using Mona on my iPhone to follow uh, people in, in that I want to go back and follow that have tweeted that have tweeted things. I almost said tweeted things. Yes, tweeted. It's tooting now, not tweeting. Yes. All right. Well, very good. Well, I got to go play with virtual devices on my Zoom now and see what is going on. So. <laughs> Thanks, Sounds Herbie. Good. And you've got about five minutes. All right, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you can unmute. We'll come back. 
All right. Austin. Hey, Austin. Unmute, Austin. If you're on the phone, it's on the bottom left. If you're on the computer, it's Alt-A. Otherwise, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Um, I, Beth, I believe she's already asked a question, but she's the last hand right now. No. Um, oh, you're a different Beth. Okay. I'm sorry. Can you, uh, <laughs> oh, oh you, 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 you're Beth. You're first, then me. Okay. Well, I, I was um, going to ask because I, I use uh, system yeah. access, but I also use um, NVDA oh, like for the internet. And when I do shift, I can't tell if it's if it's doing capital or or how you do that because it doesn't say caps lock on or caps lock off. Yep, there's a there's a setting in the NVDA preferences. Press NVDA KU plus N. Tap the right arrow key and go into the voices settings. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. The, what was it? What was it? Because my phone was talking. Yep, NVDA key plus the letter N. Go into preferences and then go to um, in your preferences. There's an option under, I believe it's speech that will allow you to signify if you're entering um, capital letters and send us an email best to that email I gave you earlier and I can find the exact process for you. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know what the NVDA key is. I'm still kind of learning gotcha. about it. Gotcha. Perfect. Right. Yeah, send us an email because we're coming up on the hour. Elizabeth. Okay, cool. Hey, okay. Hey, great. Hey, how you doing? Okay, great. So we segue to uh, I've never been a Beth. Beth. Beth is small and 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 things that I'm not. Anyways, it's good. Um, so that's that's cool. Um, my question is, um I I well, let me put it this way. I've noticed that my my theory when I'm on Bluetooth is delayed. So when I press the button on the side, it seems to be more delayed in version 16 in the latest iOS than it was previously. Yep. Yeah, they have some bugs in Bluetooth that they have okay. not worked out yet. So the way to combat oh. that is when yeah. you invoke Siri, right. you need to wait a second before you start talking. And yeah. when you're done talking, wait a second before you let go of Siri. Oh, Otherwise, it will miss parts of what you're saying in the beginning at the end. And that could go uh, real south. Real yes. Quick. Yes. I've noticed that it seems yeah. to not hear what you're saying very well. So um, yeah. do you need to wrap it up? Okay. Also, if you're having trouble with Braille, Apple wants you to actually write in what the specific issue is and what happened and the steps and everything, because they need to document Braille difficulty, like where your grade of Braille switches in the middle of your email and things like that. So they Perfect. want feedback, they said. Thanks, Elizabeth. We appreciate that. And you can send that to accessibility at apple.com. Marty, you want to go and wrap it up? Yep. Thanks, everyone, for being here for another action-packed Tuesday in the Unmute. So if you need to get a hold of us, you can reach us at feedback at unmute.show. If you have any questions, concerns, or anything else, you can reach us there. I want to thank our team for helping us out today. We appreciate it. And everyone have a great one, and we'll see you oh. next week. 